What's up? It is I, Jonathan Smith, your host here at Shooting the Schmidt. It's been way too long since I've done a podcast. Life has just been crazy. Originally, I was like, I'm going to take a few weeks off. It's kind of slow. And then life happened. And next thing you know, it's been like a month and a half or whatever it's been. But I'm back today doing a big thing on college football. Cannot wait to get into it. This is everything I'm expecting for the entire season. So buckle up, strap in. It's going to be a good one. But first, Steve Smith. I suck, son. I suck. Thank you, Steve. Let's get into it. Let's get into some college football. We're going to break this down into five separate segments, starting with the worst conference in college football and moving our way up to the best conference. So with that being said, we're going to start with the ACC. I think it's pretty clear. Clemson's the best team in the conference this year. You know, Ugalele is back. He was he wasn't very good last year. But to be fair, the the talent around him also wasn't super great. I don't know if you watched the NFL draft, but there wasn't a lot of with their first pick, the blah blah blah, select blah 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 out of Clemson. Not a lot of first round draft picks coming out of Clemson this last year. That should change this year. Um a little bit more experience for Uglele as well. And if he's not if he's not good, right? If he doesn't show up, if he doesn't live up to the expectation that he set for himself in that Notre Dame game a couple of years ago, which is a pretty high bar to set for yourself, just saying. They do have a freshman that's come in who's supposed to be a stud, so there's always that to fall back on. But Clemson isn't the story of the ACC this year. To me, there's two teams in the ACC that have some real some real girth to them, some real, you need to pay attention to them. And the first team is Florida State. Now, Jonathan, why are we talking about Florida State? They were really bad last year. They're not going to be you know super great this year, more than likely. Why are we talking about Florida State? We're talking about Florida State because it's year three of Mike Norvell, and he went three and six in year one, five and seven last year. And it's Florida State. They're going to be calling for his job. If there isn't some major improvement, I don't know if there will be or not. They haven't recruited great. They've recruited kind of okay. But then again, like it is the ACC. I'm about to pull up their schedule real quick. So because they're playing in the ACC, there's a lot of winnable games. They've already won one. They beat a school whose name I can't pronounce. It's probably an FCS school. They beat them 47-7 to the other night. They're playing at LSU on Sunday nights. That'll be tough. Brian Kelly's first game at LSU. Then they get Louisville. That game's winnable. Boston College, that game's winnable. Wake Forest, that game's winnable. NC State, people are expecting them to be really good this year because of how they finished last year. We'll see. I'm not totally bought in on NC State. Clemson, that's a loss. Georgia Tech, that game's winnable. Miami, we don't know how they're going to be with Mario Cristobal. Syracuse, that game's winnable. Louisiana, that game's winnable. And then obviously they close with Florida and Billy Napier's first year there. A lot of winnable games for Florida State. They could go 8-4. and four. That wouldn't surprise me. They could also go 5-7, and 6-6. Six and, six. and look, if they make a bowl game, I don't think that they'll you know, fire him. But look, they go five and seven, four and eight. They just might. They just might. Depending on, you know, who all's available, that's obviously the most important thing. Anytime you fire a coach, if you've been listening to the pod for a while, then you'll have heard me say it before. You don't fire somebody unless you know who you want to go and get next. Obviously, we've got a while. It's way too early for me to be talking about the coaching carousel anyway. But just saying, Mike Norvell, the seat is slowly heating up. They better show up. They better look good. They better not just show up, but they better look good as well. And I think the big question, though, of the ACC, the thing that's going to define that conference this year is, how good is Miami going to be in year one under Mario Cristobal? Right? 
Because, like, let's just look at the conference. We know Clemson's going to be really good. People are expecting big things from NC State. You know, their preseason ranked number 13. I don't think they'll live up to that expectation. I think they'll finish the year ranked in the 20s. Um, Wake Forest was pretty good last year, scored a lot of points. Would expect the same thing from them this year. And then Pittsburgh won, you know, the backyard brawl last night, 38-31, you know, with the pick six late at the end. What a game. Golly, I'm so glad college football is back. But, yeah, so, like, there's one great team and then some teams that have potentials to be good. And by good, I mean, like, finish the year ranked. You know, no one else is really going to compete for, you know, a spot in the college football playoff outside of Clemson, except for maybe Miami. And I'm just saying that because I have a lot of respect for Mario Cristobal. That guy can flat out coach some football. And, look, that coastal side, it's pretty open. You know, North Carolina probably going to take a step back this year. They've lost a lot these last two years. You know, they're trying to, to replenish. Already kind of t- talked about Pitt. They should be pretty good this year. Duke, come on, it's Duke. Georgia Tech, they're not going to be very good. Virginia could be good. They've recruited well these past few years, but I wouldn't count on it. And then there's Virginia Tech as well. So Miami or Pitt is going to win this coastal side of of the ACC, right? Like, as I already talked about, Clemson, a shoe-in for the other side. But, man, Miami's got a pretty tough schedule. You know, they open with two cupcakes in Bethune and Southern Miss. Then they go to Texas A&M. That's a really tough game. They go to Clemson really late in the year, and then they host Pitts in their last game of the year as well. So, but outside of that, they could go 9-3. and three. Like, in all seriousness, in year one under Mario Cristobal, that is not out of reach at all. I mean, you know, this Miami team, look, they're in Miami they're going to be talented. The question is, are they going to be able to beat these teams like Clemson and these teams like Pitt? And so, like I said, really good chance Miami goes 7-2 and in conference, 9-3 and overall. Looking at Pitt, I mean, they don't play Clemson. Really, their only tough game this year is Miami, so I would probably take Pitt to win the Coastal just because of that. I mean, this schedule is a joke. West Virginia, they get Tennessee at home. At Western Michigan versus Rhode Island, Georgia Tech at home, Virginia Tech at home, at Louisville, at North Carolina, Syracuse at home, at Virginia, Duke at home, and then they close with Miami. They only play one ranked team all year, and that's Miami in their final game of the season. So because of that, I would expect a Pitt versus Clemson, uh, a Pitt versus Clemson ACC title game, and then I'm going to take Clemson to win that game pretty handily. This Clemson team, I don't know if I like them enough to put them in my college football playoff. I'm going to unveil that at the very end, just kind of who I think is going to end up where. Just because I don't know if their schedule is going to be enough to put them into that you know group of that, that top four, right? I just don't think they're going to play enough tough games. Let me pull up their schedule real quick. So, yeah, so they open at Georgia Tech. They, look, they don't they don't play anybody. Let's just be honest here. Georgia Tech, Furman, Louisiana Tech, at Wake Forest. Wake Forest might finish the season ranked. We'll see. I doubt it. They get NC State at home, who's currently ranked 13th. We'll see where they finish the year at. Like I said, I'm not totally bought in on them. At Notre Dame, who's currently ranked number 5. But Notre Dame is 17-point underdogs this weekend against Ohio State. Notre Dame, I think, is going to take a step back this year. I know Brian Kelly couldn't win the big one, but he was a really good coach. You know, Coach Williams, he's got a lot to live up to in year one. I don't think Notre Dame's going to be that great. Notre Dame's, you know, an 8-4, and 9-3 and kind of team this year, especially with USC adding Lincoln Riley that makes that USC game so much tougher. So, 
you know, Notre Dame and then Miami. Like those are really the only four games they have this year. Miami, Notre Dame, NC State, and Wake Forest. Those are the only games they play this year against ranked opponents. And I just looking at the rest of their schedule, I just don't expect anyone else to make a big leap. Like Boston College isn't going to make a big leap. Florida State isn't going to make a big leap. Syracuse isn't going to make a big leap. Louisville isn't going to make a make a big leap. Big leap. South Carolina could, but I doubt it. We'll see how things go down there in Columbia. So yeah, Clemson, I really like you this year. High probability that you go twelve and zero. You know, 11 and one, twelve and zero. I think those, that's extremely possible for Clemson. But because of their lack of strength of schedule, I don't know if they're going to be able to make it into the college football playoff, especially since there's so many really t- really good teams this year. So once again, I've got Clemson beating Pitts for my ACC title game. Clemson kind of on the fringe, probably going to be ranked somewhere between four and six to end the year this year, You know, fighting for a, a potential spot in the college football playoff. That's my prediction for the ACC. We're going to take a short break, and when we come back, we'll get into the Pac-12. And we're back, moving on to the Pac-12. A very interesting conference this year, probably the most interesting it's been in a while. Obviously, you know, USC hiring Lincoln Riley plays, you know, a huge role in that. But really, the Pac-12, it's a three-team race this year, right? We got USC, Utah, and Oregon. Everybody else does, doesn't really match up talent-wise or head coach-wise. So... USC, obviously, Lincoln Riley. Lincoln Riley brings in all these transfers. I mean, they're just absolutely loaded on the offensive side of the ball. But the defensive side of the ball, that's going to be the major question mark for them going into the season and throughout the season. How are they going to manage the defensive side of the ball? Because that was really the problem at Oklahoma, right? Like, they put up 50 points, but when they play against top-notch competition, they'd give up 60. So that's going to be the real question for them. How does USC play defense throughout the season? Obviously, you got Utah. I mean, they're back. They're loaded. Kyle Whittingham's 18th season. Cameron Rising's back at quarterback again for them this year. You know they're going to be physical. You know they're going to play good defense. Utah should be really good this year. A lot of people picking them to make the college football playoff this year, actually. And then you got Oregon. New head coach, Dan Lanning, Dan Lanning excuse me, was the defensive coordinator at Georgia. Now, obviously, he's in Oregon. Bo Nix transfers up there. So they have a guy who... Has played against top-tier competition. Hasn't been super consistent. But peak Bo Nix is really, really good. Peak Bo Nix is extremely good. So if they can just consistently get, or not even consistently get peak Bo Nix, but just consistently get, you know, good Bo Nix, then they should win a lot of games. They should. And Mario Cristobal left a lot of talent there, even if there is concern with Dan Lanning. There's a ton of talent up there in Oregon. Mario Cristobal did a great job recruiting up there, so you know that they're going to have guys on both sides of the ball who can play. So, the question is, who do you like here? Who do I like here? I like Utah to win the conference. Just part of it is, I think it's really hard to win your conference in year one when you're head coach, especially when there's other teams in your conference that that can play and are just as talent or and are just as talented as you are, right? Like Lincoln Riley, I mean, having to beat Utah this year is going to be really tough. They don't play Oregon. That is the one thing that I don't like about Utah. They've got a relatively tough schedule, definitely tougher than USC's and Oregon's. So Utah plays both USC and Oregon. They also open with Florida, who, you know, they may not be great, especially in Billy Napier's first game there. But you know that Florida's going to be talented. You know that they're going to show up ready to play. I really like Billy Napier. I think that's a great hire for Florida. But 
a, a tougher schedule for sure compared to USC and Oregon. That is the one thing I don't like about them. But like I said, they have returning experience at quarterback in, in the same system. Kyle Whittingham's 18th season, we know the reputation they have in terms of their ability to play defense and be physical on the offensive side of the ball. So I'm, I like Utah to win the conference. So the question is, who, who do I like in second? I really don't know. Okay, I, I do think that the top three is going to be Utah, followed by USC and Oregon. I just don't know what order. Oregon and USC don't play each other this year. Their schedules are actually really similar. Their only tough game for each team is uh, Utah. And, you know, USC plays UCLA. UCLA could be good this year, but I think, you know, UCLA is a team that's going to go 8-4, and 9-3, and three, you know, three of those losses coming to both Oregon, Utah, and USC. So, Question is who's going to slip up? I I would like to think that Oregon is more likely to slip up just simply because I know exactly what I'm getting with Lincoln Riley. I know that no matter what, I know that they're going to put up points because Lincoln Riley is the best offensive coach in the sports. I don't think you can debate that. Okay, he's got a quarterback that he knows extremely well. They've brought in a ton of talent on the offensive on the offensive side of the ball via transfers. So I think it's really hard for me to bet against them in terms of them losing a game that they shouldn't. Because outside of the Utah game, I don't think that there's a game that they should lose. Whereas Oregon, with Dan Lanning, just with the way that college football is, everybody scores points, right? Like, people score points against Alabama now. You know, you see teams putting up 28-35, which is a lot compared to a couple years ago. On top of that, when we look at Oregon's schedule, I mean, I don't know. In terms of the Pac-12, it's not hard. I mean, Washington State, Stanford, Arizona, they do play UCLA, who, like I said, should be you know pretty solid this year, but I, it shouldn't be anything Oregon can't handle. California, Colorado, Washington, Utah at home, and then Oregon State to close out the season. They're not a conference schedule. A little bit more interesting. At Georgia, that's tomorrow, 3.30, and then BYU on September 17th. But still, I just... I think Oregon's more likely to slip up and lose a game that they shouldn't simply because Dan Lanning is a defensive head coach, and I just haven't seen him coach enough to know exactly what I'm going to get with him at the helm. So I like Utah, followed by USC, followed by Oregon, followed by UCLA. The rest is irrelevant. Let's be honest, no one else really cares how good Oregon State and Washington are this year. We just don't care. So now the question is, does the Pac-12 finally get a representative in the college football playoff. I think that they do. I think whoever wins this conference will make the college football playoff, especially if especially if it is Utah, just because look, they're going to have to beat, you know, Florida, who I think is going to be pretty solid this year. They're going to have to beat USC and Oregon, two teams that I think everybody knows are going to be really really good. On top of that, they were really good last year. The committee knows all about them like there was legit pressure for them to make the college football playoff last year obviously they didn't you know they ended up going to a a new year a new year six bowl but yeah i really like this utah team like i said physical uh returning guy at quarterback who we know can play you know through for 2800 yards this year 20 touchdowns only five interceptions so we know he's smart we know he's not going to turn the ball over with that being said he was a sophomore last year so the offense felt a little bit more contained they definitely ran the ball a lot which utah likes to do but look with it being you know cameron risings you know junior year him having a full year underneath his belt don't be surprised if utah comes out and they open up the offense just a little bit more just because there's a little bit more trust there in cameron rising so we're going to take a short break and then we're going to come back with the big 12 the third best conference in college football that conference is going to be a lot of fun to talk about is texas back no they're not 
Oklahoma, Brett, Brett Venables, his first year there. They're going to be really exciting. Cannot wait to talk about it. We're going to take a short break, and then we'll be right back talking about the Big 12. Moving on here to the Big 12. Once again, just like the Pac-12, I think this is a three-team race between Oklahoma, Baylor, and Oklahoma State. They all play each other, which makes this even better. Texas, once again, on the outside looking in. Look, they'll be better. I still, I still think they're going to be a year away. I think they'll be really similar to kind of what I'm expecting from USC in the Pac-12, where they're going to put up a lot of points, but I just don't really trust their defense at all. Obviously, um, they named... Oh, man, what's the kid with the mullet is the new starting quarterback. Everybody's really excited about him. Uh, Bijan Robinson's back as well, one of the best running backs in the country. So offensively, like I said, they'll be fine. But I think they'll go 8-4 and four at best just because their schedule's really tough. I mean, they're going to lose to Alabama. They're going to lose to Oklahoma. They're going to lose to Oklahoma State. And they're going to lose to Baylor. That's four losses right off the rip. So we'll see how they do in their other eight games. All eight, other all other eight very, very winnable games. We'll just have to wait and see how that defense holds up. Now let's talk about the teams that actually have a legit shot at winning the Big 12 and potentially making the college football playoff. Let's start with Oklahoma. Year one under Brett, under Brett Venables, who I'm really excited to see you know, be a head coach. Dylan Gabriel transfers in to play quarterback. So they're going to be solid at quarterback. But here's my big concern about OU. 40% of the roster is new. Okay, their top two quarterbacks from last year are gone. Their top two leading rushers from last year are gone. And their top three sack leaders from last year are all gone. They've got a lot of holes to fill. Now, look, it's Oklahoma, so you know that they've recruited well. You know that there are guys to step in on the offensive side of the ball. On the defensive side of the ball, I'm not too, too sure about that. We'll have to wait and see how that goes. But I do trust Brett Venables. I trust his ability to scheme that defense into games, if that makes sense. So, like, I trust his defensive prowess. Because of that, we know that they'll be prepared. We know that they'll make plays. I'm very excited to see what he does on that side of the ball with a with an OU team that's just going to lack some talent on that side of the ball. So that's kind of what I think about OU. Oklahoma State, I think they're going to take a step back from last year. Jim Knowles left for Ohio State. He was the defensive coordinator last year. That was the story with Oklahoma State last year. That defense was incredible. It's a really weird saying that defense was a story when Mike Gundy is the head coach, but it was last year. That's that's a testament to how good Jim Knowles was. Like I said, though, he's gone. Spencer Sanders is back to play quarterback again, but he has to be better. Look, Oklahoma State scored under 30 points in eight games last year. The defense won't be that good again. They're going to have to put up points if they want to win games this year, especially in the Big 12. And then finally, we have Baylor, my pick to win this conference. Dave Aranda is the best coach of the three. Blake Shapin, Shapin, however you say it, is just oozing with superstar potential. You know that they're going to be good defensively, once again, because Dave Aranda is their head coach. And that really is the difference for me. I think that Dave Aranda is just flat out a better coach than Mike Gundy. Mike Gundy's got some holes to fill on that defense. A lot of those players went off to the NFL or transferred as well. And look, it's Brett Venable's first year at Oklahoma. Like I said earlier, really tough to win your conference in year one, especially when there's two other teams as formidable as Baylor and Oklahoma State. But look, I really like this Baylor team, but I feel like everywhere I look, everybody's taken Oklahoma, and I get that it's Oklahoma, and I get that they're the big name, and I get that they're the pick. But at the same time, Baylor won. Baylor won the Big 12 last year. And you can make a real argument that Oklahoma was better last year, definitely in terms of talent with how many guys that have left. So they're more talented than both Oklahoma State and OU. On top of that, Dave Aranda, been there, really good coach. He has absolutely proved that. 
I'm so excited to see kind of what they do. They have legit potential to make the college football playoff as well. Like, there's legit potential for them to go undefeated. So they're opening with Albany tomorrow. They they get they go to BYU. Then they play Texas State. Then they play at Iowa State, who we know is going to be good. Matt Campbell still there, one of the one of the best coaches in college football. Followed by a bye week. Wait, no, I don't think they get a bye week. They don't. And then they get Oklahoma State at home. I think that they'll win that game. That's a big win. That's a you know a top fifteen team in the country. Then they go to West Virginia, and then they get Kansas at home. Those are both wins on the road at Texas Tech. Another win at Oklahoma in Norman. Don't think it'll matter. They're better than Oklahoma just across the board, talent wise and everything. And then they get Kansas State at home, TCU at home, and then they go to Texas to to cap off their season. Which you know I've already said said earlier. I, I don't think Texas really has much of a shot at beating Baylor. So I like Baylor. That's a really good football team. They're a team that nobody's really picking to make the college football playoff either. I think they have a really good chance to go 12-0 and or 13-0 and now because there's there's a Big 12 championship game now. Really good chance for them to go 13-0 and and make the college football playoff. There's several teams this year who have the ability to go undefeated, like Clemson wouldn't surprise me if, if they went undefeated. Utah wouldn't surprise me if they went undefeated. Baylor wouldn't surprise me if they went undefeated. Alabama, obviously, is probably going to go undefeated, and so is Ohio State. Spoiler spoiler alert, I have both of those teams winning their conferences. I know we haven't gotten to them yet, but, I mean, that's what everybody has, right? So I really like Baylor. I really think they have a chance of making the college football playoff. Really excited to see what they do. More, Even more excited, though, to see what Oklahoma is going to look like now under you know Brett Venables, a more defensive-minded head coach, as opposed to Lincoln Riley. I just I cannot wait. College football starts tomorrow. Cannot wait for it. We're going to take a short break. When we come back, we're going to jump into the Big Ten. Ohio State obviously is my pick for that, as I just said. But I'm excited to talk about Michigan and Michigan State as well and just kind of what all I project for their season coming up. So we're going to take a short break, and then we'll be back with more Shooting the Schmidt. And we're back with more Shooting the Schmidt, talking about the Big Ten. This may be the shortest segment of all of all of them. This may not take five minutes. I don't think the Big Ten is very complicated this year. It's Ohio State to lose. I think everybody knows that. C.J. Stroud's back. Jim Knowles, good defensive coordinator, talked about him in the last segment with the Big 12 coming over from Oklahoma State. He should be able to help the defense that wasn't great last year, was very vanilla to say the least, really just kind of relied on their talent, which they didn't have enough of, and that's why they lost to Michigan. Jim Knowles should be able to help with that. So Ohio State's to lose, without a doubt. Michigan, I think they'll be good, but I think they'll they'll take a step back. Um, they lost both coordinators who played major roles in their team last year, and then their leading rusher is also gone. And let's be honest, the quarterback play, good, not great. Um, I think people are also a little high on Michigan State after their season last year. You know, they're ranked 15th in the country to start the season. I think that's high. You know, they have to rebuild their entire offensive line. Uh, their best offensive player from last year, Kenneth Walker the third. yeah, he's gone. He's playing on Sundays now. So I don't think they'll be as good as they were last year either. The rest of the conference, I think, just lacks the talents to play with Ohio State, Wisconsin's kind of, kind of, they're going to hover around, you know, the twentieth best team in the country, somewhere around there. You know, I, I think that they're good enough to be ranked, just not good enough to compete with Ohio State on both sides of the ball. So now the only question with the Big Ten is Ohio State, right? Like, obviously, they're going to be in the college football playoff. They're probably going to go undefeated. So the only question I have is where is Ohio State's dominant edge rusher going to come from? Okay, because when we look at the history of Ohio State, 
whenever they've competed with the Alabamas and the Clemsons of the world and been legit national championship contenders, it was when they had guys like Nick Bosa, Joey Bosa, and Chase Young. All three guys, top five draft picks, you know, I mean, just elite, top-of-the-line edge rushers. And just looking at their roster, they don't have anybody returning who I think fits that description, who I think fills that need. So unless there's a freshman or a sophomore that I'm not fully aware of, I think that's what their downfall is going to be in the college football playoff when they play against probably Alabama because I do think that Ohio State's probably the second-best team in the country. I would take them before I took Clemson. I would take them before I took Utah, before I took Baylor, before I took Texas A&M, before I took Georgia. I mean, they are, I think, you know, the second-best team in the country. I just think that their lack of a dominant edge rusher is what's going to cost them in, you know, potentially the national title game when they play against Alabama, right? I'm excited to see what C.J. Stroud does. You know, Bryce Young getting a lot of love, as he should, as the defending Heisman winner, Bryce Young should get a lot of love. I mean, I've been doing it on this podcast. I haven't brought up C.J. Stroud once. That's that's my bad. That's that's on my end. But I'm excited to see what he does. You know, uh, in, his sec- in his second year, that offense is going to put up a lot of points. I don't think that their schedule is too, too difficult. It probably isn't just because of how down I'm predicting the Big Ten to be this year. You know, that's, that's, not, that's not a knock on them. You know, you can't control how good the other teams in your conference are. But let me let me pull up their schedule real quick because let's be honest, CJ Stroud could legitimately win the Heisman this year. Wouldn't surprise me if he did. They're opening with Notre Dame, who, like I said earlier, get, they're going to take a step back this year. I don't think that you know they'll be nine and three at best up there in South Bend. Then they play Arkansas State, big numbers for Stroud. Toledo, big numbers for Stroud. Wisconsin at home, big numbers for Stroud. Rutgers at home, big numbers for Stroud. At Michigan State. Like I said, Michigan State, I think they're going to take a step back this year. That's another real opportunity for Stroud to put up big numbers. And then they play Iowa at Penn State, at Northwestern, Indiana at home, at Maryland, and then Michigan at home. I think all those games are big opportunities for Stroud to put up really big numbers. Like I said, wouldn't surprise me in the least if Stroud was to win the Heisman this year. He's got it. The only other tough game might be Penn State. I thought that they looked good last night against Purdue, but not great. Then again, it is week one. Obviously, Michigan, that could be tough just because it's a rivalry game, and we know that they're going to come prepared for that. So, Ohio State's to lose. they got to find somebody on the edge to really dominate and take over games whenever they play in the college football playoff. And Stroud for Heisman, I think as of today, he he would be my pick. So, we're going to take a short break. When we come back, we're going to close it out talking about the best conference in the SEC, or the best conference that is the SEC. Cannot wait to do it. Cannot wait to talk Alabama and just all the other teams in that conference. And that's what we'll be doing when we come back with more Shooting the Schmidt. And we're back, saving the best for last. The SEC, it is the best, but let's be honest, we all know who is the best, and that is Alabama. It's Alabama's to lose. Okay, Alabama has the two best players in college football between Bryce Young and Will Anderson, the best offensive player and the best defensive player. Okay, they have some shoes to fill in their wide receiver room, but let's be honest, Alabama has had no problems adding wide receivers these past, you know, five or six years. We know the offensive line is going to be really good. They added uh, Eli Ricks into their secondary, you know, one of the best corners in the country transferring in from LSU. Uh, Jalen Battles is back playing safety there on the back end, one of the best safeties in college football. They're loaded on the defensive side of the ball. Um, we, Like I said, we know that they're going to replenish at the wide receiver spot. Bryce Young's back. That's the important thing. It's really, it's it's their conference to lose. And the revenge tour starts tomorrow. 
I feel really bad for whoever has to see them at any given point this year because they're just they're going to be really good, especially towards the, the end of the season when those receivers, you know, get acclimated with the offense and they've you know had some real legit game reps. So they're going to be a lot of fun to watch this year. I think that they're the best team in college football. They're going to be a lot of fun to watch. Coming out of the East, I like Georgia. Um, but with that being said, they are replacing a lot. Stetson Bennett's going to be the starter. Also, you know, we know he's not going to blow us away at quarterback. I think that they're going to lose a game that they shouldn't at some point just because they're having so much turnover, especially on the defensive side of the ball. And that's really kind of, that is why, you know, they won it all last year. That defense was just absolutely incredible. You know, a lot of those guys are playing on Sundays now, so they've just got a lot of turnover there on the defensive side of the ball. Because of that, I think they'll drop a game that they shouldn't at some point. My guess would be probably to Kentucky. I think Kentucky's going to be really good this year. All in all, though, I like Alabama over Georgia in the SEC championship game. I like Alabama as the number one ranked team in the country going into the college football playoff as well. So now I I do want to talk about the rest of the conference because unlike a lot of the other conferences, I think it's actually kind of important that we mention some of these other teams like Texas A&M. I know people are really high on them. I guess this is my hot take. I don't think... Texas A&M is going to live up to, to expectations, okay? I know that uh, King is back playing quarterback for him, but he didn't play in a lot of games last year. I know he's really talented, but he's still going to be young at the position. Because of that, I think they slip up early. You know, they open with Sam Houston State and Appalachian State, but then they play Miami, which will be really tough, and then they get Arkansas, which will be really, really tough. I, I definitely think that they'll lose to Arkansas. wouldn't be surprised if they lost to Miami. I think that they'll lose to Alabama, Ole Miss is going to be tough for them as well. So I'm not as high on Texas A&M as I am on, as I am as everybody else is. I know some, a lot of not a lot of people. I know some people. Uh, Zach Gray have them making the college football playoff. I definitely don't think that you know they'll get to that point. I think that the ceiling for them would be a New Year Six Bowl. Uh, I really like Arkansas this year. Uh, this may be me being a homer a little bit, but bringing back KJ Jefferson, Jalen Catalan comes back on defense. Uh, playing safety for them. You know, it's one of the best safeties in the country. A guy who will be playing on Sundays at some point. Um, you know, obviously the big thing for them is having to replace Traylon Burks, who, you know, had half of their receiving guards last year. I mean, just the absolute focal point of their offense. But, you know, they have, they've had some guys transfer in on both sides of the ball. I think they'll be more talented this year, just a little bit younger. That may cost them some games at some point. I do think that they beat Cincinnati tomorrow, six and a half point favorites there. They're going to be a lot of fun to watch too, man. They're going to play good defense. They're going to stretch the field. I'm really excited just to kind of see what all Arkansas has cooking this year, especially after their successful season last year going 9-4. and four. So they're going to be a lot of fun to watch as well. Ole Miss, I think, will take a step back. I know you know they're ranked 21 to start the season, but with, with Matt Corral leaving, I I don't really know what they have at quarterback. You know, It's Lane Kiffin, though, so, so you know that they'll put up points. We know the defense probably won't be great. So I do expect Ole Miss to take a step back from last year. Brian Kelly at LSU is going to be a lot of fun, going to be really interesting just to see how long it takes him just to get you know acclimated to the SEC, seeing if he can win in the SEC. I don't think LSU is going to be very good this year. I think that their ceilings, you know, 7-5, somewhere around there. I think Auburn is in a really similar boat. They don't have a great quarterback this year. I just don't like Auburn at all. They've lost so much. The defensive line isn't going to be very good. The offensive line isn't going to be very good. And we all know in the SEC, it starts in the trenches. And I just don't think that they're going to have the guys up front to really compete with everybody else in the SEC. Mississippi State's a wild card. They'll always be a wild card as long as Mike Leach is there. I don't know what they're going to do. Uh, Their quarterback is back from last year. I'm blanking on his name, but they're going to put up points. It'll be interesting to see what their defense does. 
I don't know what what I'm going to get out of them. You know, part of me thinks like they could go eight and four, and then at the same time they could also go four and eight. Looking at the SEC East, Missouri, I think is going to be bad this year. Vanderbilt's going to be bad, even though you know they won like sixty three to fourteen in their first game. People are really excited about Tennessee and Hendon Hooker and all those guys. They're going to put up a lot of points. I still don't think that their defense is where it needs to be in order for them to really truly beat to really truly beat some of the better teams in the SEC. I don't think they'll beat Georgia. I don't think they'll beat Kentucky. I don't think they'll beat Alabama. That's three losses right off the bat. So, you know, they'll go, you know, somewhere probably around eight and four. Um, like I said, I, I do think that they're going to put up a lot of points. I do think they're going to be a lot of fun to watch. I just don't think that they have the talent on defense to really compete with the better teams in the SEC. Looking at Florida, I'm excited for for, for Billy Napier. I think he's going to be a good fit there. AR-15, Anthony Richardson, absolute stud at quarterback. People are really excited about him. Big, fast, big arm, gives off some Cam Newton vibes. You know, I read an article the other day. on They're basically predicting that Anthony Richardson was going to be the next Cam Newton. I don't know about that. That's quite a bar to have to live up to. Um, especially, you know, Cam Newton's one of the best college football players, you know, to ever play. So Florida's going to be interesting. South Carolina adding Sp- Spencer Rattler. They, f- they had a few other transfers. They should be interesting as well. They could easily go eight and four. Um, really, at the end of the day, it's just it's going to come down to what Spencer Rattler does for them on, on, the, offense side, on the offense side of the ball. Is he confident? Does he not turn the ball over? Because that was kind of the problem with him at OU last year. He just turned the ball over too much. Tried to make way too many plays instead of just doing the smart thing and getting rid of it. They've got a really tough schedule. Georgia State's open. That won't be tough. But then they're at Arkansas. Then they get Georgia at home. Then they're at Kentucky. Texas A&M at home. And Clemson on the road. I mean, it's just an absolute gauntlet for South Carolina. Um, I don't think they beat Arkansas. I don't think they beat Georgia. I don't think they beat Kentucky. I don't think they beat A&M. And I definitely don't think they beat Clemson. I think the ceiling for them... You know, seven and five. I think they'll probably end up going six and six. I think that Florida game towards the end of, towards the end of the season is going to be really tough for them as well. So that being said, that's my predictions on the SEC. Alabama beats Georgia to win the SEC championship. So here's my college football playoff. I've got Alabama as the one seed, Ohio State as the two. I like Baylor as the three seed, and I like Utah bringing up and being the four seed. I don't like Clemson to make it. I think DJ Ugalele might cost them a game this year. And on top of that, I also don't really like the idea of a team like Clemson playing such a terrible schedule and making the college football playoff. I think Utah and Baylor both have tougher schedules. I think that ultimately gives them the edge. I think Clemson is the odd man out sitting in the five spots. So, that's going to do it here at Shooting the Schmidt. Hope you enjoyed it. Subscribe, follow, you know, whatever you need to do on whatever, wherever you're you're listening at. Cannot wait to do this. I'm going to do an NFL preview early next week, probably on Monday or Tuesday. So make sure you're looking out for that. Cannot wait to do it. So good to be back. College football's back. I'm back. What a time to be alive. What a time to be alive. So once again, that'll do it here at Shooting the Schmidt. Thank you so much for listening, and hopefully you'll you'll come back for more. <laughs>